Today we're going to look at like three lies that we often believe about identity. But first, I'm actually going to pray, if that's okay. Um, I've actually started to pray like this. Um, Carl Kramer, who you'll actually hear in like a month or so, he's one of our pastors. He's taught me to do this. Um, And actually, I talk to my wife when we're in an argument like this now. Um, Because in this position, it's very like, I'm very being submissive, right? I'm saying, okay, I'm not going to be offended and I'm going to allow... So I've actually asked you to do this while we pray. Let's, let's just like ask God to, to, to do, do his work. So dad, we love you. Thank you that we can call you dad. Thank you that you write that on our hearts. I pray that we would um, receive what you have for us here this morning by the power of your Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, we know that you're here because you're in with us, but we ask for more power. It comes from you. We ask for greater discernment. We ask for that spirit of wisdom and revelation to fall in this place. And we receive that because of um, who you are and the way that you love us. Amen. All right, so I'm going to be jumping around to different um, passages of Scripture. And I'm sharing this with you this morning just because this is where God has kind of had me. Um, And it's really where um, in my sabbatical rest time, the Lord did a lot of work in his identity. Um, So we're going to look at lies, but I want to first look at uh, Matthew 4. Uh, 417. And this is at Jesus at the beginning of his ministry. And uh, it, he says this, from that time, Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, maybe like you, I grew up learning that that word repent was like, you're going in one direction, maybe uh, in a bad way, and you had to turn 180 degrees and go back the other way. Well, that Greek word is actually metanoia. And that Greek word means to change the way you think. And that is a word that is actually a progressive word, which means it's constantly in motion. So that word repent is a constant changing of your mind to change the way we think. So I say that to set the stage this morning. I want us to change the way we think about identity. I want us to change the way we think about the lies that we've believed. Okay, a constant changing. Okay, so we're going to do some repenting here this morning. Yeah, all right. You know, <laughs> repenting. <laughs> no, but I want us to really change the way that we think this morning. Um, my wife loves conversation, uh, and conversation is okay. Um, no. <laughs> but she loves asking this question, like when we have people over, whether it's friends or neighbors or just whatever. Um, what are three words that describe you? Okay, and I'm going to ask you to think about that in a moment because I want to say this. The way that you think about yourself determines who you are. A.W. Tozer says this. The way that you think about God determines your whole life. Every action. So how do you view God and how do you view yourself? So I just want you to think for... 30 seconds, I know that the silence may be awkward. Um, what are three words that describe you? Okay, go ahead.
So as we continue this morning, I, I want us to kind of have those minds, you know, like those thoughts in our, in our head a little bit. Um, because I want to make sure that they're not lies that someone's either spoken into us or said about us. You know, but they, they actually come from the throne room. You know, that they actually come from the space that God created and breathed onto it. Um, so anyway, so this morning, again, we're going to do some repenting. We're going to change the way, hopefully, we think about ourselves, about our identity, and about uh, how we see ourselves. And the first lie that we often believe is, I'm not worthy of love. That's a huge one. We are created to love. We're created to feel loved and desire to be loved. Um, you know, some of us may think or heard, I'm useless, I'm ugly, I'm not intelligent. You know, regardless of what you've heard in the past, regardless of what somebody else has spoken into you, um, we must repent, change that thought, and adopt the truth that I am a child of God. All right? And we're going to get some proof of that. We have some scripture up here, maybe. Yes? All right, no, no problem. All right, so if you have your Bibles, go to Romans uh, 8. Okay? Romans 8. <clears throat> The Spirit himself testifies, verse 16, with our spirit, that we are children of God. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering in order that we also may share in his glory. All right, I could camp out here forever. I love this verse. Because first of all, it says, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit. So Holy Spirit is testifying with us in our spirit that we are children of God. So the Holy Spirit is saying, yes, you are a child of God. He is directly putting that input into our spirit. You know, 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says we are spirit, soul, and body. We are a three-part being. And the Holy Spirit is literally saying, I'm speaking into your spirit this truth. This truth is that we are God's children, that we are co-heirs that we actually get to get the goods of an heir, right? We get the blessing of being a child of God. So we need to change the way we think about ourselves because the Spirit is actually working in our lives here and today to testify saying, I am a child of God. I, my big brother, is Jesus. Like, think about that. My dad props his foot on the moon. Like, he was the creator of the universe, and my big brother is Jesus. And the Spirit is testifying that I am a child of God. Let's go to Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. Over here we see that what um, Paul is saying to the church. God sent his Son to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adopted adoption to sonship. Because we are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, cries out, uh, Abba, Father. Like, we are adopted. Adoption plays a big role in my, my life. You know, like, I think about it a lot. Um, I'm right now redoing a bedroom. I'm building a bedroom on my third floor because I get to adopt a little baby boy. And... Um, there's something special about that. 
God has written adoption on our hearts. And why has he written that on our hearts? Because we are adopted. We are adopted into his family, being children. We are worthy of love. You know, the lie that we're not worthy of love, that's garbage. Because we are. Why? Because we are adopted sons and daughters of the king. And we rule. We have the opportunity to rule and reign with Jesus, our big brother. John 1, 12. But all who did receive him, who believed in his name, have the right to become children of God. I love these three verses because they talk about adoption, they talk about the Spirit, and it talks about how we are children of God. Now that's what I want us to understand. To break that lie that we're not worthy of love, we have to adopt the truth that we are sons and daughters of the King. That the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, testifies with our spirit and actually cries out um, in the last verses, Abba, Father. That, that word Abba is translated Dada. And I love that. Why do I love that? Well, because I'm a dad, one. And I love when, like, my girls were little, and they're just starting to speak, and they're like, dad, dad. Like, they can't fully say, like, daddy yet. But it's just like that endearment term. And, and it's also, like, they're at such a, uh, a place where I have to care and do everything for them while they're learning. And that's, like, the posture that the Father wants from us. Like, we're adopted. We're, we're his heir, but he wants us to be like, just call me dad, dad. I got you. I got you. You are my child. So the first lie is you're not worthy of love, and we've pretty much abolished that. You know, you are a child of God. And his spirit writes on your heart with the the Holy Spirit that we're to cry out, Abba, Father. Lie number two is I'm inadequate. Maybe you've, um, you know, have a list of failures that's longer than your list of successes. Maybe you have a sin or addiction that constantly creeps in. Maybe you suffer from fear or depression. Or maybe you just think nobody notices you, like you're just inadequate. We need to replace this lie and repent of this lie and adopt the truth that God can use me as I am. He can use you as you are. Throughout Scripture, we see this, that God just seemingly loves to use inadequate, as we would see, people. He takes, you know, a little floating baby in a river and grows him up to become a prince. Prince ends up murdering somebody. We don't really talk about that too much, but, you know, he murders someone, is exiled for 40-plus years, and God calls him back and says, you know what? I've created you to do something amazing, exceeding your expectations because you are my child and I love you. We see that, you know, that little boy defeat a giant because that giant was mocking his God. You see, God takes ordinary people and does extraordinary things through them when they know who their dad is, when they know who who they are. So you are not inadequate. I love what Paul says here uh, in 2 Corinthians. So 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. Um, 
Paul says this. Well, yeah. Paul says, but actually, Jesus is saying this because he talked to Paul right here where it's in those quotes. It says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. And Paul goes on and says, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the uh, sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardship, persecution, and calamities. For when I am weak, I am strong. God has specifically given you an anointing. He's specifically given you a certain calling on your life. And it's okay to be weak. (laughs) It is. It's okay to, to, to feel like, um, not that you are inadequate because you're not, but it's okay to be like, all right, I can't really do this in my own power. I need you. I need you, Jesus. Because Jesus shows us, because of what he's done, that he has the power to work through us. That he has the power to, to take people who are just ordinary, just ordinary people, and do extraordinary things. I mean, Scripture is full of people like that. Church history is full of people like that. Just ordinary people stepping into their identity and their calling, and boom, something extraordinary happens. And here's where it gets hard a little bit. (laughs) The people around you, look, look to your right and your left. Go ahead, do it right now. Look around you. They need you. They need you to step into your calling. They need you to step into your identity. The people in the other service, go ahead, picture, picture somebody that's, uh, that goes to first service. They need you, just like you need them. A coworker, the friend, the family member, they need you to step into your identity and your calling. And I can't, you know, it, it, we're supposed to be talking about true identity, but I can't talk about identity without talking about calling because when you understand that you're a child of God, that you are okay, that, that being ordinary is fine because he can do extraordinary things, that's when you step right into the calling. And this is the th- where the third lie comes in, though. Oh, man. And this, this is an American lie, okay? Here it is. My identity comes from what I do. That is a lie. This is the one that uh, the Lord, during my, uh, my wife and I called it our year of rest. Um, He really had to hit me over the head with this. It's not what you do. And the truth to adopt that is, God loves me unconditionally. That's, and it's hard for me to kind of, to, to grasp that. And I don't have this on the screen, but could we turn to Isaiah, um, 54.10. 54.10. If you have your Bibles or your Bible app. Isaiah 54.10, it says this. For the mountains may be depart and the hills may be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you, and my covenant of peace shall not be removed says the Lord, who has compassion on you. Let's read that again. That's, it's awesome. For the mountains may depart and the hills may be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you, and my covenant of peace 
shall be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. His love is un, unwavering and consistent. And this is, and this is a hard thing. It's a hard thing for us to think about. Like, I was thinking about Paul this week and how he was, you know, just straight up killing <laughs> Christians. And yet God's love was the same for him then as it was when his handkerchief is being passed around and people are being healed. That's an amazing thought. And it completely disproves the fact that we think our identity comes from what we do. Our identity needs to come from God's unchanging love spoken over our lives. That's what we need to adopt. That he loves us when we're killing Christians just as much as when people are passing around a handkerchief and being healed. That's, it's amazing to think about. His love never changes. Ever. And see, when we get and understand our identity, it breaks off those lies and walks us into what God has called us to. And we need to do this as individuals as well as a corporate body. You know why? Because North Point benefits from you guys. Because Abundant Life benefits from you guys. Because uh, Morningstar benefits from you guys. Because Daybreak benefits from you guys. Why? Because Jesus prayed a prayer, Father, may they be one like you and I are one. And guess what? He desires for us to be one. But we have to step into it individually. The people around you need to understand where your identity comes from, and it comes from the Father. It comes from him who loves you, who's never changing. It comes from him who can do extraordinary things for just ordinary people. Hosea 4.6 says this, My people will perish for their lack of knowledge. Um, that, that word knowledge means yada. Okay? Uh, that word actually means intimacy. I'll try, not, I'll try to make this as non-graphic as possible. Um, in Genesis, that word was used for Adam and Eve to conceive a son. My people will perish for lack of intimacy. My people will perish for lack of intimacy. Why do we believe these lies? Because we don't understand how much God really loves us. We can't rest on that truth. We need to fall and have that, that, that truth spoken over our lives over and over again. That God loves us. That he desires something specific for your life. But we have to have that identity that no longer do we believe the lies that we're inadequate. No longer do we believe the lies that we're not worthy of love. We need to adopt truth that we are sons and daughters of the king. That he does extraordinary things through us. Not because of who we are, but because of who he is, which is beautiful. And that his love never changes. I love the picture of Peter. Um, when Jesus is washing their feet, and you know, and he's like, "Ah, I can't get my, I can't get my feet washed. I can't get my feet washed. No way, no way." He's just like, "You got it." He's like, "Fine, wash my whole body, wash my whole body." And Jesus is like, "No, you just need your feet washed." Jesus has paid for our sin. Some of us just need a foot bath, right? And that's where we got to change. We don't need this overall 
bathtub scrub from Jesus. You know? That's been paid for. But sometimes we need to clean up our feet. And the power of God rests, or doesn't rest, but the power of God comes from the resurrection. So the symbol of Jesus washing the, the feet was like, guys, you're about to be all cleaned up, but sometimes your, your feet are going to get dusty. And the power of that comes through that, the resurrection of Jesus. So a, as we close uh, in 45 minutes, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> as we close, I want us to walk in the truth today about who our dad is. I want to walk in the identity that we're loved and we're worthy of being loved and that we're not inadequate. That he desires to do extraordinary things through us. Sometimes I wish he would choose a different plan. (laughs) Like, don't you have something a little better? But no, he doesn't. His plan is for us to reveal the heart of his father to the people around us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love. Oh, we thank you. We thank you that we are worthy to be called sons and daughters and co-heirs and that you have adopted us into the family. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus, for being that obedient son. Dying on the cross for us. And Holy Spirit, we thank you that he was re- rose from the dead in your power. I pray that we would rest in the power that comes from that. That we would be, live there, the power that you have, Holy Spirit. Lord, we need to repent and change the way we think about stuff. The way we think about ourselves, the way we think about you. Okay, um, <laughs> I'm going to do something a little different. Do you guys just mind start playing? Is that okay? Um, the way that God has made me, and it's, it's hard for me to say this out loud because I still struggle with my identity sometimes, but um, he, he has made me um, things happen when I declare things. I don't know why. Um, and I still struggle with that. <laughs> but I want to pray over you guys, especially um, anybody, anyone who specifically wants to like break the lies off them and um, bring in like true identity. So if you might, wouldn't mind just like either standing or, or raise your hand at least, because I want to just do, spend some time specifically praying into that uh, that that truth. So. If there's anybody, just raise up your hand because I, I want to go after it a little bit. Father, my spirit is crying out right now, Abba, Father. It's just saying, Daddy, 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 Daddy. We can't do it without you. (laughs) Like, we need you, Dad. 
in this moment. We need you right now to declare truth over our lives. Lord, that we would repent of what we hear, the lies of this, this world and this land, <laughs> that, that you would erase those lies and fill us with truth. Fill us with truth. Cover us with, your, with uh, the truth that comes from your word. Speak life into us. God, we are thankful that you are a God that when you speak things, things happen. Things are created. Movements happen. Things are made because you spoke. And we're taking this time right now and asking you to speak over this moment. Nothing, nothing that I do, nothing that we do, Lord, but you come and speak over our minds. Metanoia us, like repent us, change the way we think about ourselves and about you. Give us this moment, Lord, not because of who we are, but because who you are. So I pray, I pray for these people right now that have their hands up, that, that you would be doing work right now on their minds, specifically speaking in to who they are. Lord, you're in the business of naming things. You're in the business of naming things. So I pray that you would change people's names in here. Like, thank you for, you know, uh, Saul no longer being Saul, but Paul. Like, sometimes we just need to be renamed. Change your identity. Draw us deeper into you. We ask for a cleansing right now in Jesus' name for our minds. I pray a cleansing over those who didn't raise their hand too, Lord. (laughs) It's awesome. You know, maybe they are like, bam, right on, and you have, they know who they are. That's great, Lord. We just pray blessing into that. We pray cleansing for all minds in here in Jesus' name, that you would speak truth. No longer would we live in the doubt or the lies, but we would stand in truth and adopt what you are saying to us. So I pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation that helps us to discern the voices that are coming into our mind right now in Jesus' name. Right now, give us clarity. Right now, who is speaking into us? We thank you. We thank you that we can claim all this because, Jesus, you say that uh, you have given us the keys to the kingdom. And keys represent authority. And I thank you for that. I thank you for the, the keys to the kingdom. Change the way we think. Change the way we think about us. Change the way we think about you. Change the way we think about each other. And I pray, oh, I pray for oneness. Father, this is a prayer you want to answer. You want to answer oneness. Jesus, you pray that we would be one. I pray for for Parkerford. I pray that, Lord, you would make them one. Lord, it wouldn't be like two separate services, Lord, or churches or whatever, Lord, that you would just be binding the ligaments of the body of Christ together here in this building together. And I pray for a oneness over this area in this, for this land. Lord, that the churches come together and know you. Lord, that we would work together as a kingdom. Lord, that we would not care about our individual kingdoms, our individual man-made walls and our churches, but you would actually send us out to be one. We claim oneness, Jesus. We claim oneness. We claim oneness and we thank you, thank you, thank you for who you are. Thank you, Dad. Thank you, Daddy, for loving us. Thank you, Jesus, for being our big brother in our example. And Holy Spirit, I can't take a breath without you. Thank you. Thank you. May we worship you in spirit and in truth.